what is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Sean Ferruja over Zoom video. Sean was born and raised on the island of Malta and talks about how he got into music. Before Sean was born, Sean's dad was in a band and he was really going for the rock star thing, going over to the UK, trying to get a record deal. Uh, but when he met Sean's mom, he kind of had to settle down and pursue other options so he could have a family and obviously support Sean. But Sean talks about how he got into music. Actually, he was always kind of afraid to sing. When he was younger, he sang and a friend of his or somebody told him that he wasn't good. So he just had this kind of idea in his head that he wasn't good and didn't have the confidence to sing. But he talked about the first time someone really encouraged him to sing when he was at a recording session. Sean also tells us about selling everything he owned, his car, saved up a little bit of money and went to the UK and just moved there. He had a conversation with a producer that said, hey, you know, uh, I'd love to meet with you, have a meeting, and maybe we can write together. And he showed up to the meeting with all of his stuff. And the guy was like, uh, this is just a meeting. He's like, yeah, but I'm moving here. <laughs> Sean talks about the first successes he had as an artist and a songwriter writing for the script and Mimi Webb, amongst many others. And he also talks about his journey as a solo artist and all about his debut EP, which is called Heaven Like Mine. You can watch our interview with Sean on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Sean Ferruja. Hello. Hey, what's up, Sean? How are you, man? How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am very good. Do you need me to wear a headset or is this perfect? No, that sounds great. Sometimes it, uh, I can't hear the other person, but yours sounds perfect, man. Oh, great. Well, hey, thanks so much for having me. Oh, of course. No, thank you. This is going to be awesome. I lo I'd love to hear your story. I mean, it sounds uh, really inspiring, to be honest. Oh, man. That's nice to hear. Thank you for feeling inspired. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. So I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about your new EP, which I've been playing all morning long. It's awesome. Do you like it? Oh, be I really honest. like it. No, I seriously like it. I really oh, do. Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just going through, I mean, I really like the, I mean, the first song, Dear God is awesome, but I was going through. Um, We're about to reach a million plays on Dear God and on YouTube music. No way. Congratulations. And it's my first solo Millie. So it means the world to me. That's incredible. I love uh, uh, Heaven Like Mine is the title of the record. Uh, yeah. Of the EP. That's a great song too. I mean, they're all good to be honest. <laughs> it's just the beginning, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm a, I love music. I've, I've been a lover of music for my whole life. Ever since I was a child trying to play the piano, using like whatever came to mind as ideas and trying to play chords, not knowing what I was actually playing. Till uh -huh. today, I don't know how to read chords or notes or, or music. So it's just me jumping on the piano and, 
putting my fingers on different keys and and seeing what actually makes sense. Uh huh. No, I find that fascinating with artists that either don't read music or like. Have you ever taken music theory or anything like that? Oh yeah, I got I got chucked out of class easy like three months in. Okay, an absolute mess of a person, which I was. So like, in no way do I ever like not agree with the, the decision taken to to have me not be part of the class anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, because it's like, I, I feel like I've interviewed other artists that say like, I wouldn't be able to come up with these chords or this progression or certain aspects of what makes their songs unique because if you were looking at it, you know, I have a big a box, belief. It's I like, a, I have a big belief when, when people come up to me in Malta, because like, even though I'm a, nobody still in Malta not many artists make it outside of the country uh-huh. so so like I'm seen as like successful for Malta and I tell them like oh man well, you are man I mean well, don't, don't, don't it's, be it's, modest. it's something that I, I struggle with <laughs> anyway it's something I struggle with and the one thing I tell them all like is what I, the little I did has always come from the heart rather than from what something is meant to sound like or what something meant to meant to go like or where something is meant to progress. I never I never believe in like having uh, a formula mm-hmm. or having a, a like a a little like structure or format. I just always go in and try write something, and if it hits home, if it feels special, then I got I hit the money. I'm I'm winning. Mm-hmm. And as long as I love the music I'm making, in a way, I know like oh everyone says it, but it's true. Like I, I find myself at night with my headphones, like closing my eyes and thinking I'm at some concert, Coachella, and I'm playing my new record. Like this is sick, <laughs> you know. Or like, and even even when it comes to like my songs, I have with Martin Garrix, you know, and, uh-huh. and obviously working on new stuff with him and. And um uh, and seeing them being played to seventy thousand people at Ultra two weeks ago was crazy. People recognizing me and 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 showing me tattoos of my lyrics on their chest. That's incredible. It, it's crazy, and it's it means the world. Same thing happened with Dear God. Like I wrote that song about being away from my girlfriend and the struggles of long distance. Maybe I was a bit dramatic by praying to God to to get a to get a to, to move. To get for the stars to align and a job to to to, to move her to London, mm-hmm. but the way people relate to the lyrics for loss, people lost their, their children and the love the loved ones. It's it, you connect to people and you see the you see the thousands of people commenting and loving the song. It 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 alone is so 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 heartwarming and it feels so good to have like interaction and people relating to music. Yeah, I actually interviewed somebody yesterday and they said something I thought was really interesting. It's like when they wrote this a song or whatever, hearing other people's perception of what they had written and what it means to them. It, he was like, it's most nine t- out of ten times. It's like a way better story than the one that they had written, which I thought was interesting. Not saying that your story like with Dear God, you're talking about how, you know, it was about your girlfriend and being away from her and, and living in London. But then, you know, you somebody about losing children, like there's just this whole other uh, perspective on your lyrics and, and the songs that you yeah. write. The amount, of, the amount of write loss their own story. which people expressed to the lyrics of Dear God Alone was eye-opening. It made me 
start to dedicate the lyrics to that rather than to what I was singing about. Right. That's what he, yeah, this is what this artist is saying. He's like, they're like, oh, this is a much better, deeper story, deeper. Yeah, this means so much more now than, than what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool, though, to like be able to trans, you know, translate a, a message into so many different ways. It's sick. It's sick. And it's one of our gifts as writers. You, you write something and a person can say, oh my God, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Or, I need this right now to express myself. We're like, oh, it's like a form of therapy, really. You know, it's For like sure. it's it's therapy to to those who listen to it and and, and relate to it. Mm-hmm. hundred, yeah, hundred percent. So, you're, are you in Malta now? Or- oh no, I am in London. I just came from holiday. So, if you see me um, a bit tanned, is because I spent the past ten days in the Caribbean. Oh, that's exciting! Living it up. Having having loads of rum. There you go. And actually, I'm not sure. Have we ever tried rum? Rum is actually rum punch. Is, I've had rum. I, I I don't drink anymore, but I, I used to indulge in rum quite often. Really, really? How long have you been sober? Uh, a year and three months. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I I am. A, I mean, I I'm not I'm not a big drinker. I, huh. I really hate the feeling of waking up in the morning and not being <laughs> ready to, to go. And like, right. my problem was, is I would wait, I'd wake up like that and then I would just drink again. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was just this never ending. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, how do you cure a hangover? Get drunk again. Exactly. And then it so just like, became a, and then it was a problem. But hey, uh, no, you, not, you're here now and you, and you look great. And I'm sure you, well, thank you. Better, so my I'm family's a lot happier with me. Oh, that's, that's always isn't it mothers really sometimes Mom, the mothers are the ones who are like always moaning right about, about like oh like i remember when i didn't have my girlfriend you want to have a relationship you need a real job settle down um calm yourself down sean don't need to go out so late don't need to go out till seven in the morning why can't you get home at two i was like <laughs> because it's not fun Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, well, you were born and raised then in Malta, right? Born and raised, Malteser, proud. How was that? I mean, I was just, I didn't know much about it. And I was doing research part of talking to you. Beautiful island. I mean, uh, I think it was St. Peter's Pool or something yeah. I saw. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm like ready to book a flight, man. I don't even know how to get there. Let me know when you're there, so I'll make sure I'm there. Oh, that, dude, I will hold you to that. It might be soon. When's the best time to come out there? I'll, I mean, I've got a couple of shows. Well, I shouldn't be saying this. Because uh, uh, they're not even announcing it. I'll be in Malta a lot, hopefully, in the next few few months. Possibly. We'll talk after. <laughs> but yeah. when's, when's the best? What literally, like, what months do you come there? Like, what would you say for, for a tourist? The summer, the summer there is always special. So like, I, I, I'm trying to, to, to have some riding camps there. So I try and enjoy both riding music and content and stuff and summer months time. as is it the, i'm so bad dude is June, september yeah okay so it is the same summer months this year it's, Maybe it's the same summer months everywhere but it's just colder in the summer elsewhere i have no idea how that works i mean I brazil it will be winter in brazil because i met somebody from brazil and he said that yeah and it'll be hurricane season in the caribbean because i went to the caribbean and they said that so those are okay. the two things i'm australia i guess yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking, more Australia. But I don't know if they consider that winter, or I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Has to be. I mean, unless it's yeah. open to say, oh, summer's so cold. You know, right? I mean? That's what I was trying to figure out. But it would so be, weird, there's, right? There's summer months yeah. would be the opposite of ours, which is just a trip to think about. It's such a trip. Man. <laughs> it's so weird. But anyway, but, yeah, Malta. Malta's like, what can I say? Malta. You know what? Um, no matter where you're from, no matter where you live, your hometown's your hometown. Mm-hmm. Your home base is your home base. Um, I feel like I remember somebody at my team for my team told me you will never, you will always have to, you will always have your home, your home fans rooting for you, and you always need to show them a certain level of respect. If that makes any sense, because those, no, those people, those are the people who saw you um, turn from a boy into a teenager, from teenager into a man. And they're the ones who, who like, when you go home, you're going to see them. They're the ones who know you as Sean. Right. Matter, you know? And they've been there and, with you the whole time. Yeah. And so I, I feel like Malta, the support Malta's given me has been ridiculous. And I, I owe them a lot. They, they shaped me. Um, I, I grew up on those streets. I grew up on the same street with my grandmother, my mother, oh, cool. my uncle, and my cousins. I also, when I, when we first, all were born. We all lived in the same block of flats. Oh, um, wow. My cousin was next door to me and my other cousin was downstairs from me. So I've, I've been raised in a really like families, everything like, like Christmas is the type of celebration where all the family comes together. Like we've got all the group chats of um, everyone sending their baby updates and everyone sure. sending their up to grandma. And I, I feel like they all now have become music experts. <laughs> like all my mates are, are texting me. They, they check all the numbers. They're like, Sean, dear God's going to get a million plays in three days. I was like, aren't you meant to be working today? He's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just like checking. They check every morning. I see I my, girlfriend. Well, my girlfriend, when she wakes up, I look at her. The first thing she does is go on YouTube, go on Spotify and check what's happening. I'm like, guys, don't obsess over it. I've been told not to, you know, because it's, <laughs> why are you doing it instead of me? Like, let's enjoy the process. Don't obsess for you, right. Let's, let's enjoy the fact that music is being released and success comes in different ways. Success isn't only numbers and success isn't only like being the number one everywhere. Obviously, it's nice and it's, it's motivating, but mm-hmm. the fact that I get to wake up in the morning and go to a studio and write songs is ridiculous. <laughs> and I, I set myself a goal the other, other day where I'm like, my goal isn't to be the number one artist in the world. It's never go back to being a real estate agent. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's what you did you before? I mean? to this, to this, to this. Not, not that I didn't love it, but I love music so much. It would just really suck if I have to be a, Return to that. I mean, that's that's all I'm trying to do. Right. Well, with with like growing up on an island like like Malta, like must have been pretty small. Like, did was your school small? Like, or did you grow up with like the same kids? And oh, we we're still based till today. We're the same group chat we had. That's awesome. We were young, you know. Same group chat, same mates. We meet in the same place. We we Malta's very much the type of country where it's same same. Mm-hmm. nothing really changes like I've even gone back and my friends have are still going to the same bars my friends are still talking about the same things my friends at the same time they are the happiest I've ever seen them because they 
they love the simple life, a life which I love too, you know? Like mm-hmm. I, as much as I love having my song being played to so many people and getting all these, the support and the excitement around me, I do can't wait. I also can't wait to, to base myself from there one day and keep on doing it and keep on traveling and having people come over to Malta and show Malta, show the world Malta because I feel like nowadays um, you don't need to be in one place anymore. Mm. If that makes any sense. Nowadays, no, yeah, for sure. Like you can be from all over. Obviously when touring and shows come together and music videos and, and some, some bits, you got to be everywhere. But I, I just want to, live at the same time and i want to keep on i feel like my best music to me at least because i i I mean i feel like my i always judge myself if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. like i'm the well you're your own worst critic right most people especially in the creative sense oh i am the worst i've listened to my songs and i scrutinize myself and i literally (laughs) like i i I take apart every song and look at every lyric and overthink it. Then I, then I hear a song too much and I start to think I hate it and I change my plans. It's, it's a never ending game. And if you, yeah, if you have a bit of anxiety and you overthink a little bit, it's literally like struggle. Oh, it could be like torture, right? I mean, imagine we'll, we'll get into this with the EP, but like I remember speaking with artists that during the pandemic, it's like they had nothing else to do besides continually listen and over credit critique and overproduce their songs it's like if you have endless time to do something and you you know unless you're the type of person that can just put it away and then come revisit it in a month or be like it's done here it is i'm i'm don't even need to hear it anymore i'm not that type of person i'll sit there and analyze every little thing i do for endless hours and waste so much time doing i feel the same and it's something i'm trying to improve because Mm -hmm. My manager told me, think of the feeling you felt when you played your song the first time you finished writing it. And you're like, oh my God, this is insane. Send it to my team. Oh my God, dude, whoa. That's what everyone's going to hear. Mm-hmm. We've been listening to it for 100,000 times. We're sick of the mix. Right. Where isn't that thin, that synth or that guitar? Oh, is that, that, that note or that drone sound? We're sick of that, obviously, because we've, We've not stopped playing around with the song for, for months. Right. But we need to let go. I feel like people need to start to let go a bit more. People need to trust the initial feeling you felt and go with your gut. Yeah. No, I love that. And we're, we're like, okay, so f- how we didn't even touch on this. How did you get into music originally? Do you come from a musical household at all? Biggest story is my dad was in a band in Malta. And he was a great writer, pianist. Met my mum, and they wanted to start a family. My dad had the dream to, to get a record deal. He used, to, he used to, in the 1980s, he used to save up all his money and fly to the UK and try and knock on labels' doors, try to get the, the tapes listened to. But unfortunately for him, in a way, he decided that he wanted to like sort of family, my mother, thankfully, because mm-hmm. when I came, um, but he always, as long as I remember, there was always a piano in the house and my mother always encouraged us to learn the piano. And I also went to drama and I was the type of kid who who just make sure nobody's looking, go in the mirror with my little wired headphones and, and 
really, really thick iPod and, and, and dream of, of, of singing on stage. But my confidence levels were low. Um, I, it was at around 2014 where I had long stopped playing the piano because when I found out I had ADHD um, and I was struggling at school, my mother was pretty worried about me like not getting through school. So it turned into like, choose one thing you can do. And that was football. And then the rest of the time was me either in trouble at school or going to private lessons to recover from all the lessons I was just staring at, at the sky for, you know, mm -hmm. and music wasn't absent, was absent there for a bit, which affected me. But then I remember going on a bus and I met my mate and my mate just said, I just downloaded FL studio and it's really sick. So what did I do? I went and I downloaded my own version of FL Studio and I started producing. Worst producer in the world, trust me. I was like, and I, what I've done was my, my original product, produced songs are on YouTube still. I never removed them, but I'm ne never giving the, the, the name of my old producer name. Okay. It would be like, everyone would look at me differently. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I still wasn't convinced that I can sing, um, but I wasn't going anywhere with, with, with producing. And I met somebody who had said, your melodies are quite good, but your production is pretty bad. You should, we should join together because I have no idea how to write chords, but I, I think I have a, a fair, um, good enough knowledge in sound design. And we joined this duo together um, and we, we had this, this um, duo called Pegasi, which we had released one song on on um uh, on selected which is this, this um uh, youtube channel which now turned into a label it's an, it's amazing to see how far that has come but um to be honest that that friendship went a bit sour i i had he had told me which was in his right to do he's like listen you're not doing much you can't produce he's like so you should get into songwriting so there i was like thinking, oh, this guy's going to leave me because I, I, I really am not pulling my weight. And I just bought a book called How to Write a Song. And that was 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. when I, I started like trying to write songs and getting like into the idea of writing songs. But and he said, you can't write songs, but your voice isn't good enough. So for, up until like 2019, I was never singing. I was just humming and paying people online on like Facebook to sing for me. Wow, that's shocking because you're, I was going to say your voice is incredible. That would be the and one thing I thought you were like doing your whole life. And then the songwriting came later. It, it hit it. My confidence was at, at my lowest. I think I was also going through a hard time with my mental health. But then my anxiety was through the roof. Mm -hmm. I was overthinking everything. And when he told me my voice is, it's crappy. I took it literally and they said, okay. So I was trying to find singers, paying them like 60, 70 bucks per song to sing my songs. Yeah. That's like the most devastating thing too. I feel like it, when somebody critiques your singing, it's, it, it's like, if you picked up a guitar, I said this before, like if there was a guitar sitting in the house and you just picked it up and started, and you didn't know what the hell you were doing. Right. And you just start smashing chords or doing whatever you want. It sounds like shit. No one would care. And you wouldn't probably care either. You're just like, man, screwing around. But if you open your mouth and you start singing and it's awful or somebody tells you it's awful, that's like a, that's such more of an Dude, intimate, like, stab because it's like, well, I can't really change the way my 
voice sounds right. It's not like it oh, I can learn how to play. I, I, I mean, I have nothing against this person. I will mention his name because I don't want to ever try and and make him look bad. He right. had his opinion, and like it broke me. I, I, I believe that my career was over if I even left the duo. Mm -hmm. I was convinced that like this guy was my only chance at having any career in music. So I was at my lowest with anxiety and I had, he had even told me that he was considering trying to go on his own. So there was a couple of months where I was struggling at school and I was like, what, what do I have to escape to? Like I had nowhere to go. And that's when I started writing more songs and I literally paid a, a mate of mine in Malta to go and sing them. And my mate is an incredible singer. I love him. But when we went to the studio, he didn't, he wasn't singing the songs I was singing. I, I asked my friend Immortal to um, sing my songs for me. But when we went to the studio, he had a great voice, but something just felt off because he, he never sang those songs before. They weren't coming from his heart. So when he was trying to sing them, I was saying, this is not how I imagined them to be. Uh -huh. And it wasn't his fault because he's a great singer. It was more like they were my songs to sing at that moment in time. So what happened was I remember this, the producer, Cyprian, um, who till this day I, I thank so much, turned around to me and said, get up, go in there and sing. You sung these songs. I can help you sound a bit good if you think you sound bad, which I don't think you do. He's like, and go in the boot and just bloody sing. And that was the moment I walked in the boot for the first time in my life and sung. Really? And I was petrified and I was rough around the edges and I went back and I couldn't believe it. He's like, you sound great. And I was still saying, no, no, no. I still, look, I, I still quitting my voice. I hate my voice. Honestly, I'm going to say it. Every artist hates his own voice because I'm tired of hearing it so much. I hear it every day. You know, I sing every day. I speak yeah. every day. I talk every day. I hear my songs every day. I'm sick of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, your voice is so good. Like I said, I, I would imagine that that was something that you could always do naturally. That wasn't the thing that was the the piece of the puzzle that we, you were the most. No, man, it was, it was, it was, it was like heavy because when that happened, I, it opened a door. I remember going to this, this um, a seminar called Point Blank Seminar mm -hmm. and I was running around with my USB trying to have people listen to my music. One person did, her name's Carly, and she literally had told me, like, I had no idea what I'm doing, but I can try ask around if you, if you can get any sessions. And she, she let me come up to London and stay with her for a couple of days and I had my first session ever in my whole life. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is actually a job? And then I started stalking every writer in the world, um, trying to message people. I have messaged some incredible, incredible musicians. And I, I'm so grateful because there's two who might not even remember me now, but like two people who answered my emails and they gave me the belief and motivation to actually pursue it. I remember sending my music to m &E demo mail. And he answered telling me, good job, you know, like you, you, you got something good going on here. And I did the same with Ian Kirkpatrick, who is a producer in America, mm -hmm. who we never spoke again after the first email, but his reaction to the songs was, these are 
good, you should work on them. There's something here. And those two emails literally gave me the motivation to pack up my bags, send an email to Sagala and show up to the studio, January 2019. I sold all my belongings. I sold my car. I saved up some money at work. And I told my mum two weeks before, and I said, I can't take this life anymore. Like, like I want to try. I can't live knowing that I have this dream to do music and not do it. So mm-hmm. I literally told my mom two weeks before and I said, I'm moving to London in two weeks. Oh, wow. And I showed up to my meeting with Sigala because I had best him on, on, uh, on Instagram and a Q and a, and I asked and I showed him my music and he was like, Oh man, he's really good. We should meet. But obviously he was finishing his album and, um, he, we got lost in the emails, you know, he, like, I don't blame him. When you're finishing an album, the last thing you have on your mind is to go to your emails every day and make sure you're answering every message you get. Mm-hmm. But then luckily a friend of mine, um, Emma, had um, been working with him on a, on, on a tour and she reminded him of my music being sent. Fast forward a couple of hours after she reminded him, he texted me and said, oh my God, I totally forgot about you. And it's like, I'm going to CC my managers in to, to make sure we have an actual um, date. And then his managers answered to be like an hour later saying, can you do the 21st of January? I'm like, okay, 19, I'm flying up. 20, I'm, I find a place to live. 21st, I go to the meeting. That was my plan. Mm-hmm. And I literally was moving on the day I was going to, to the meeting. So I had all my luggage. So when I went and knocked on his door for the meeting, he's like, why do you have three luggages with you and a backpack? You're like, I'm I'm moving in. I moved here for you, man. Um, I'm I'm going to rent a house today. I moved to London today. And I I, I saw his face. He he felt a bit um, uh, guilty in a way or shocked because he's like, you do know this is a meeting, right? And the first thing I did, I was so desperate to to get his attention. I jumped on the piano, tried to write him a song. Wow, that's bold. That's real. I was like, yeah, I can do piano house because he's he's an incredible DJ and he's most mostly known for his piano house. I was like, I can do piano house, and he was like, calm down, calm down, sit down, relax. I want to know who you are, where you came from, and I just told him the whole story. Like, you are mad, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I guess he, and this is why he has a special place in my heart because he understood the crazy I was. And he, 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 he didn't tell me like, this guy's too weird through here. I'm out. He's like, okay, now that he's here, let's give him a shot. And well, he probably saw the heart and the de- dedication that you had. And like, you were, he had his own trouble right? when, he was, when he was trying to get in the industry. So, and I shout out Bruce from here, like he had his own struggle. So I think we, we bonded over the fact that we both had uh, a struggling moment and I'm not the easiest way in. Like I, I knew nobody in London. I, I had a second cousin living here. That was it. I knew nobody else. Wow. I wanna live I wanna live in this like illegally house. I shouldn't be saying it but I said it anyway. It wasn't it wasn't a house which which had internet, it had no lights and half the house. It was cold the people I live with, I don't know them. They were scary. I'm not going to lie. It was, it wasn't, right. it wasn't welcoming at all. And I felt like I was a mummy's boy at home. I had everything I needed. My mom was my, my mom used to give me everything I ever asked for mm-hmm. to go from that to being a nobody. I well, like a proper nobody, meaning not even my friends know me. 
like having nowhere nowhere to go, nowhere to, no one to call, just living alone in an attic in North London. That was wow. like, I, I told myself then, like, I need this. Right. I need right. this. Like, this is what I need to do. And I, honestly, I said, we, I'm nowhere yet. Like, I, I, I don't like to, to speak like, like talking about what happened because I don't feel like in, in, in the grand, grand things, like the grand mix of things, when you look yeah. around, I don't say I've accomplished stuff. Like, if I died the, tomorrow, people are going to forget anyway. They're not going to think about all the little songs I have out, you know, it's, and, and, and the collaborations I have. I, I feel like I'm at the very beginning of my career. However, people might see it at home or here. I'm just so grateful that I'm doing what I'm doing. I love writing songs. I've had the opportunity to write with, with like um, a band like The Script as my first ever cut. That was my first song with The Script. And then the album went number one. I never, in fact, I, I struggle with this. I, I don't ever get plaques of something because uh -huh. I don't feel like it's mine. Really? I have a plaque, one plaque, and I, and it's, <laughs> and I, like, it. I never got yeah. the number one, the number one um, thing as a script, even though it was my first cut and it was number one album with like a hundred thousand sales. And I had yeah. one song on the album. I didn't feel like it was my number one, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, kind of, I guess it's because you, you weren't the performer. You were just the song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even when like, um, like Sigala's song Melody went top 10 on the Capitol charts. Mimi, yeah. Mimi Webb's last album just now was in the top 10 just a couple of weeks ago. Yes. You, Obviously, you, you wrote on that album as well, right? Yeah. I wrote See You Soon on her, on her, on her debut album. Wow. I feel, I'm so proud of Mimi. Mimi, me and Mimi have written songs for the past four or five years together. And really? I remember, yeah, yeah, we have so many songs together. So that's incredible. I wrote my heart again for her. It was the second ever single. And I wrote this one. That's and awesome. I, I interviewed her uh, before. I mean, she had just kind of was, was just kind of breaking. She hadn't quite got there yet. Like she had just made a TikTok. Like she, she was telling me about how she had just met with like Charlie D'Amelio and they made her TikTok account together. And then now she's gigantic. I mean, she has so many hits out and uh, she's doing so well. So it's really cool to see some of the, yeah, like an artist like I'm just so grateful that I get to write with people like Martin, especially Martin has changed my life as well. Martin, Martin and I have written, you might ever tell the amount of songs we have together in the pipeline we're working on. There's like album, album worth of songs we work wow. together. And like he, he gave me a platform. I mean, obviously my love to Polydor's endless as well, because when they heard a demo of mine, I had maybe a thousand followers on Instagram, which are all my Mason Malta. And I send them true love, a song which hasn't come out yet. Uh, I don't know what is happening with it, but it's a, a song that I showed them in the early days of my career. And uh, they offered me a record deal. Oh my gosh. Back then, I didn't want to. I didn't even want to be an artist. I was like, I just want to be a writer. And so now, like, thanks to all these people and playing their parts, I feel like they've morphed me into wanting this. I feel like now, when I write songs from my heart, they like and they mean so much to me. I have to release them because I feel like they're a part of me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, going back to Martin, Martin was a massive, massive um, uh, instrumental. Um, uh, 
key figure in my career. He's he's given me belief and hope in in my music. We're working on so many projects which I can't talk about publicly, but it, the, the amount of songs we're working on and are ridiculous. And even he's an incredible musician. People think that these producers, even even Sigala, for example, Sigala's an incredible actual musician right like, i hate labels you know like not not record labels i hate labels labels meaning yeah I, like labeling someone oh this is yeah like DJ. even even in uh like i believe in collaboration that's why like starlight means so much to me because i believe that you can you can work with so many people you should release as much music as possible and just keep on releasing music which means something to you and then you you find your own special place in this in this industry and in this world which like I feel like when I look back, I'm so grateful for the past year, especially, and everything which has happened. And to me, it's like I want to keep on doing exactly what I've been doing: is appreciating everything and taking any opportunity which comes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm on a podcast. I'm on. Let's go. Let's do it. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's you know what you're doing is incredible, um, especially with this new EP. So this is your debut EP. You've been doing this yes. for a while, though. I mean, you've written. You know, like we said, Mimi Webb, the script, like you've done this, you've been in the industry, but now you're putting out a body work really as your debut as what an, an, an artist, right? It's the very, very beginning. I, I, I didn't even put like, I didn't even want to make it a big thing. Like when I, when I released it, because like, I, I just wanted to, to say like, I've written so many more songs since I've written my first EP. Mm-hmm. But, I feel like I needed to to show the world what I really started with. And these are the songs which I've written over the past two years, which I've which which made me want to become an artist. And I feel like that's really important because Heaven Like Mine and Vertigo, especially where those songs where I said, Man, these are songs which I feel are part of me. So I need I I felt like I needed to show the world these songs. We have so many, so many new songs coming, but like I, I felt like this EP holds a special place in my heart and needed to be out in the world. Mm-hmm. And the reaction has been incredible. So the fact that we're getting all the support and people sending their well wishes and, and loving the music is just a bonus. Mm-hmm. The fact that we, we were able to release the, the WEP, it, for me, it's, it's a start and it, it, it gives me, the opportunity to call it the start rather than think about it. It's like, this is the debut. This is what's making us launch into the big world, which is scary and incredible and beautiful at the same time. You know, it's me putting me is, is the first time I'm putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I love every song on it. And every song is an honest recount of how I felt back then. And sometimes how I feel now. And, and it's, it's as long as it's honest and it's from my heart, I, I feel good. And I feel like I can let it go and let the people hear what I've been wanting to say for so long. With, I, with that, like when you write a song, were these songs that you knew were going to be true to you and, and you wanted to release as, you know, under your well, own? It's, it's more like when you start writing, when you're on the piano and you realize what you're saying is like, man, this, this feels real to me. This feels like it's a, uh, a song I need to speak about. This is about me and my girlfriend's relationship. This mm-hmm. is about when I was so low. I was, 
I one of my lowest points and my my head was spinning vertigo was vertigo was when I was at one of my lowest you know that was when I was my anxiety was through the roof I was literally contemplating like not coming back to London wow like uh and even there's certain moments which I haven't I haven't ever spoken about publicly because it affects me but like even before before starlight came out and now like we have 30 or 40 million streams all over the platforms of my music in a year, like, which I think is ridiculous. And I don't even feel like it's me. And like, it's all because of the other ones who are part of the songs. I'm just the singer. But like right before everything happened and like people started to listen to my music more, I was at my lowest. I was like, I wouldn't say like I was at the lowest lows where I was contemplating stuff I shouldn't be contemplating, but I, mm-hmm. I was in a dark, dark place where it was, I'm, I'm one of the, I, I believe in love. I believe in happiness. I believe in positivity. I'm an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. And I, I'd like to make everyone around me feel good about themselves. But for that very first time in my life, I was in bed for a week and I was thinking wow. about things I didn't want to think about. I wasn't leaving my room. Mm-hmm. I was contemplating stopping music because I felt like I, I did not know what I was doing. Wow. Like, and Right then, three days later, Martin, this guy discovered me and, and, and bought me a flight to his house. Wow. And now, three days later, it was like literally, I was literally telling myself, there's nothing for me to achieve. I'm done. I don't think yeah. I can do it anymore. Three days later, I get a call. You're flying there tomorrow night and you're, and now we're, we're writing songs which, I can't say anything yet, but we're writing some yeah. records and even the, the millions of people we've touched with this music, with these songs already. It's like this time last year, I was shaking. Like I was scared to leave. I was ashamed. I felt like, I felt like I had nothing going for myself. I felt like I was, I didn't, I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't fulfilling what my, my dream. I wasn't making anyone proud. It's, it's weird when I talk about it now because I made my dad proud. My dad tells me I'm proud of you. And to me, my dad telling me I'm proud of you is like, means more than anything. I want to have my dad tell me that than have like millions of plays. I swear. Yeah. Like, well, I was going to ask you about your dad because he, he was a musician and he was trying to get the record label deal and he was bound, pound, pounding on doors in London. It even, and it and even you've accomplished that. It even got us closer. I say me and my dad now, I'm my mom, but me, like, I love both of them so much, but with my dad, I feel like he's living my dream. His dream. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and that has got us closer because I, he's the first person I call. He's sending me advice on songs and records. I like this. I like that. Like I show him songs I'm writing for artists. I'm writing songs with people he, 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 he loved, you know, in his days. It's like, and meeting people who knows like who are related to people he loves back in his, back in the eighties. And like, it's, I feel like we have a connection now, you know, we have a connection, which, which, um, uh, which he, which he, he appreciates and he, he, he must feel something similar to what I'm feeling right now. You know, he's, we're, we always say like, I remember my mate, um, who my, my, my A&R at my label who had signed me. And when he, when I initially signed, had told me like, Sean, go for it, go for this because you're a Maltese ex-real estate agent who moved to London with his luggages. You are not meant to happen. 
Like people, people in this industry sometimes don't get these chances. Go for it. Don't think about it twice. Like, and he was so right. Like these things don't happen. You, you never move country, find people who actually love you and appreciate you and, and help you out. Like it, I feel like my story has given me faith in humanity again, because I've seen so many stories where you move to a country and you're basically just left out of the circle because you're not from there. But mm-hmm. in my, in my instance, they took me in and I now have a family here. I know who to call when I'm, when I'm like down, when I need help. And I even, I even pranked my friend yesterday, Prime Bruce. I said, call me back. It's like, I'm in a meeting. I'm like, it's life or death. But in reality, I wanted to show him a chords. I, I, I wrote for him and he called me. He called me though. And he's like, you, he swore me. He's like, he's like, you got one left for these calls. But I'm like, I appreciate you actually calling. Yeah, that means a lot. That's huge. Yeah, it's it's in life we need to appreciate the the little things. I I'm in love with my girlfriend. I, I say this so much. We she's I think she's one of the reasons. She's such a stable person. And I'm such a bundle of energy, crazy guy who's <laughs> overthinking, panicking, happy and sad. That having somebody so so um solid and like so so um uh, grounded keeps mm-hmm. me in line and keeps me keeps me safe keeps me keeps me like protected right is like there are moments when one comment or one or one one like one word or one opinion can just ruin me right and it's interesting amongst probably millions of positive comments like i do the same thing you're just obsessed over the one negative literally and so for me and it's something which i feel like we need to work on because I stress about it so much. Like mental health is something which should never be taken lightly. And especially even to people who do comment, like be careful what you say, because you never know what a person's going through. You never know what a person's feeling. And I feel like we lose too many incredible people every day in this world due to comments, due to words being said, and due to people's, thoughts and and worries and and um nightmares being left unheard and people people need to be taken care of and loved and we need to spread more positivity in this world like it's the world needs it right now especially you know like i i i want our world to progress i want love i want happiness i want people to come together rather than people to separate mm-hmm. and i think this this has to this has to this needs to be implemented on all levels, on all levels. Even when somebody releases music, it's art, it's beautiful, it's great, you know. It's, we, should, we should never judge art if that makes any sense. I, I, I find it very hard when somebody sends me a song and asks me to critique it because right. I say to myself, I have no right to judge this person's creation. Yeah. If that makes it, I mean, it's all, it's all subjective. And if you really think about it, like I, you could play a song and I could be like, this is the best song I've ever heard. And you can be like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Right. Exactly. So, well, Sean, thank you so much, man, for doing this. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, your story is so inspiring. Uh, I love what you're doing. And I can't wait to hear these songs that you've been kind of teasing throughout this as well, man. I appreciate your time. I really appreciate you inviting me on here. I feel like this has been helpful for me to speak. And, awesome. and share my thoughts so thank you so much for letting me 
speak today of and course. Have a conversation. I really appreciate it. And no. obviously nothing but the best. Oh, and I appreciate it. To, to meet you in person in Malta. Yeah, yeah, yeah Malta, I'm coming. I'm coming. But I have one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have, and you've kind of answered this throughout the whole thing because you just have an inspired I speak story. too much. I know. I, I can't no, 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 no. That's the, not, the, no, no. That's the whole point of this podcast is hearing your story and hearing it from you and hearing what you have to say because no one cares what I'm saying. Uh, it's all about you and, and your music journey. Uh, but I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. If you believe that you can do anything, if you can believe you can sing, you can play the piano, write a song, play the guitar, play the cello, anything, even out of music, like all you need to do is believe. All you need to believe is that you can do it. You don't need anyone else's validation. Now, validation is always what everyone seeks. We know it. It happens day in, day out. Oh, if that guy makes, likes my song, isn't it make me feel great? It happens to everyone. But don't let people bring you down. Don't let people tell you you can't do something. I was told I was going to amount to nothing in life. At school, at university, I was told I was a joker. I was always making making noises in class. I was, I was going to be... Nobody. And I think that can hurt people because it's not fair to say that, you know, it's not fair to, to call anyone a nobody or anything, you know, so don't let anyone tell you what you can or what you can't be. You just need to believe it and you're halfway there.